Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Someone like John Hartson, the thud, it sounds like vicious when it hits him, but it just drops. He likes snow to his feet. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Monday on Magazine that, in our short six-month lifespan, has become so vital that people are asking for more. The only thing wrong with this podcast, said someone on Apple, I forgot your username, so sorry, is that it's only once a week. A brilliant and inclusive podcast, really well hosted by genuine guys with great knowledge on the beautiful game. You really feel part of the gang. I'm now a full-time subscriber to the magazine. I cannot get enough of Mundial. And That's we lovely. recently did a big exhaustive reader survey, right. which we do every year. Uh, don't talk over me again, James. We recently <laughs> do a big, uh, a big reader survey, which we're, which we're going to big up now. There's been a lot of work gone into this. We've had um, something like, I don't know, 1,500 responses, which is more than the government can get for a YouGov poll. So we're doing <laughs> something right. <laughs> And one of the lines says, I just, I want it more frequently. I absolutely love it and take great pleasure listening, learning, then going off to Google the content that's unfamiliar or strikes a particular chord, which is really nice. Um, I don't see how at the moment we do two episodes a week because we've actually got jobs as well. If we were just, if we were just podcast overlords, audio monsters, if that's all we did, if we could just cut about coming up with new ideas for audio. God, that'd be good actually, wouldn't it? It would be be lovely. Maybe we should do that. If any venture capitalists out there listening, no, sorry to our bosses, big football, I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm not punting for new work. Um, However, someone else said, if I would change anything, there would be a few less swears. Mm. I like listening to it with my nine and 13 year olds when driving them to football training. Now, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life. Um, you do though I do but not now not right now no. but you know what it would be easy to have a pithy response and um, but Seb had also noted in the in the running order for this show we just have a few notes at the top to kick things off that in episode 25 we dropped the C-bomb three times um, by by we I presume it was me no, no, I think no, no, James, James. It was spread around. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was okay, a, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So, with that in mind, and Seb does also say, I think we can get him dropping it in a bit later on. But for you <laughs> listeners, we've got to be more careful. So, if you are a new listener, welcome, you. Yeah. Today. We are wearing shirts. If you're a new listener, um, we wear shirts from Classic Football Shirts, who are one of our partners. And today, in honour of the legendary Simpsons episode, The Cartridge Family, first airing on this day in 1997, when Homer gets a gun, there is a soccer riot between Mexico and Portugal. A very good episode from what some might say the golden age of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Because of that, we're all wearing Mexico and Portugal shirts. Now, Seb, I believe I'm wearing um, 2018-19. It's very nice. Go and buy it. You can't... Some of you won't be able to see this. So I'm just going to describe. Very quickly, I have that shirt. Do you? I, uh, I used it. We were sent it by Classic Football Shirts, or by Adidas, to use for a shoot. And I ironed the shirts 10 minutes before the shoot, and I ironed the Adidas logo off it. <laughs> James um, just looks like a Portuguese midfielder who's put his cords on after training. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. We come to Seb. Yeah. El Grande! <laughs> In his green Mexico shirt with the, with the new badge. Yeah, oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's it's fantastic, it's brilliant. Yeah. You look great. I'm not going to mention what you've got on underneath that. Seb revealed himself to us before, and normally we get to see the big dog in all his glory. But he, today he was wearing what he's calling his Ricky Gervais top, which was uh, <laughs> he's a, calling it that a V. He's calling it yeah. That. I'm calling not. it the stalest item of clothing I've ever seen. He's wearing a V neck. It's just very very stale. And then over the other side, uh, El Mariachi himself, Tommy Stewart. This is the 2020 to 2022 uh, Portugal away shirt, and it's nice and stripy and uh, nice. lovely colours. 
I did have um, Simpsons characters lined up for everyone today. Uh, oh, Chief Wiggum over there, Seb White. <laughs> Chief Wiggum. Make them away, toys. <laughs> James Smithers Bird next to me. <laughs> and um, over there, our very own Krusty the Clown, Tommy Stewart. <laughs> I'm your host, a Mundell editorial director, and Nelson Muntz fangirl Owen Blackhurst. <laughs> you were going to be Edna Crab Apple, James, so. Come on. <laughs> We are a 4.8 on Apple, five star on Spotify, all singing, all dancing football podcast, a part of the ACAST Creator Network. If you're new, welcome. We'll get onto some football in a minute. If you're old, we love you. Thank you. Keep mm. on reviewing, keep sharing, keep on rating. Let's go. Woo! If you are new, 26 weeks in, 26 weeks in. And I've been asking for a jingle for Adventures in Clubland. The name of an album I purloined for a front section regular and has now become a podcast regular. And two producers, count them, two, Dos. Dos, as they would say in Portugal. Dos in Mexico. Haven't managed to get us a theme tune. So what normally happens is me and James do a bit of faithless with our mouth trumpets. And, um... Well, we might have a little surprise for you today. Go on then. Ed, hit it. The dancing. Do you come here often? I won't be talking to anyone. I'm on the podium, mate. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm more of a happy year, but I'm used to, uh, I'm used to the moon. I was 18. And I just had to get out. Yeah, yeah, that's, I just, I just needed a change. Yeah, I've been in for 14 years. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Been on the podium match for a couple of minutes. Now it's time. Oh, yes. So just before the drop, normally, top of my podium, I throw, I throw the dust over the whole crowd today. <laughs> yeah, no, so we got, we got a we chat, yeah, we chat. Uh, Turn you on my life, don't know your yeah, name. Yeah. No thanks, mate, you're disgusting. Okay, right, that is good. We have a tune. You've all heard it, we've talked over it. This is this is progress. Well done, you two. Well bloody done. Thank you. T- so- uh, yeah, big big up to uh, Jack Bowes, a.k.a. Rainy Miller, who made that for us. Yeah. Right. You, go. the DJ. Did you just pass it over to someone who could make it happen, Seb, in the end, a.k.a. Tommy? And it did, yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, happened yeah. in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did, really quick. Too quick, to be honest. <laughs> can I can I write, like, a little uh, no, Streets-esque no. Streets verse for that that is about adventures in Clubland? No, because I like... Between us, if, if, if these lot don't Will like it be it. Indian Summers, Loans and Last Chance? Well, yeah, that would be in it, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. So I like Mike Skinner. I love the streets, and I think he should stop making music, right? And he's Agreed. been really good at it. Whereas I, I like you, mm. but I don't think you should start writing music. Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> Adventures in Clubland. I'll DM you, Tommy. Cheers, Joe. Adventures in Clubland is me, and we are going to Scotland. 2001 to 2006, and we'll be talking about a man Celtic fans come to know as Big Bad John. And I've sung it like that because Big Bad John is a famous country song from 1961 by Jimmy Dean, covered by Johnny Cash and everyone like that. Um, And I'm going to start singing now because I'd forgotten about this song. Ooh, Big Bad Seb. (laughs) Whenever he walks into the office. Anyway, Big Bad John. Lovely voice, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. I told you. You get down every now and again, too. (laughs) I'm there for the low notes. (laughs) Love me, tender. Oh, my. Love me, do. It's It's not bad. That's good. Look, he's fucking good. He's reluctant to admit it, but it's pretty good. You're fucking. It's just very fucking Christmas time, sat by the piano. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Fucking hell. The cousin go, no, that sounds great. Sounds fine. We're not too far from Christmas. You start singing on Christmas Day, the kids will be fucking crying. (laughs) (laughs) Adventuring Clubland. So John Hartson, you can't talk about John Hartson with saying he's an old school kind of striker. So let's just get that out of the way. The reason I wanted to pick John, and I'll go straight to the meat of this. So he, he, he got to Celtic from, he went to Coventry for half a season, scored a few goals, and then Celtic came in and spent six, six million on, on him. And at the time, Celtic fans were not happy with this. They had Sutton and Larson, and they were not happy with bringing in John Hartson. Um, and believe it or not, Rangers, he'd failed a, rain, a medical at Rangers about eight months before. Anyway, so Hartson, for those who know him now as good pundit, uh, outspoken, money-raising uh, cancer survivor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was very, very ill um, for a very long time. And gladly, he's, he's, he's been in remission for a long time now. He's also talked about his gambling addiction and, and, and everything else that goes with that. But as a footballer, he was didn't have a lot of pace, 
But Christ almighty, could he finish? And a a physical presence. On on Celtic Wiki, he's listed as six foot one, 14 stone. Mm. Nicknames, Big Bad John, BBJ. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So what happens there? Well, it's the Martin O'Neill years. So the headlines are he scores 110 goals in his five seasons there and trophies galore. They win three out of the five titles mm. and he loses two, one on a point and one on a goal. <laughs> yeah. His first goals are a hat-trick. Um, but the re- reason I wanted to talk about it, there's a bit of a, a, a personal story for this, is that I was at university at the time. I'd gone back as a mature student. So much that I still have, some might say I still haven't reached that, but I had gone back a bit later. And I went to Anfield to watch uh, Celtic Liverpool. And Hartson put one of the best big, like, big man up top performances mm-hmm. in I've ever seen. It was a study in how to lead the line and how to dominate a defence. And I felt sorry for Emileski because he was at the at the other end. Also a big man, not necessarily that type of striker, but a big man who played with his back to goal. And Hart- Hartson was phenomenal. Mm. But he scored a 25-yard screamer from the edge of the box, which is his favourite career goal. Yep. Scoring that for Celtic Anfield in, in European competition. But the next day, I had to go in and as one of our assignments, we had to create a, a newspaper. And I was the sports editor of said newspaper in, in our journalism class. And I went with Hartson as the back page lead. <laughs> Heart attack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Big nice. John, big bad John. Uh, yeah, yeah. Arms up. And um, I just always really liked him. Yeah. I like, I suppose he's, 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 a, he's a Mundial type of player. Curious. <laughs> different but god you look at some of his look at some of his goals throughout his career and what he was as an unnerving finisher with both head and especially his big right boot yeah he scored the famous winner in a 1-0 game at Celtic Park great knockdown from Chris Sutton and he just bang and he, and he volleys it home but he just the Celtic fans came to love him he became a cult hero I read because of his inadequacies um, and because they, they, you know, and, and often he was found out a little bit in Europe. I, you know, so I, looking at what Celtic fans said about him, but they loved him. Mm. They didn't think they needed him, and they came to love him. And he, two thousand and five, was his um, Annus Mirabilis. There you go, Bird. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> no flies on me. Um, and he scored. He won both the uh, SF. He won the Writers and the Players Player of the Season. Mm. But I want to say about what. Um, the Celtic wiki says about him because it's Celtic wiki's brilliant. It's really good, isn't it? It's yeah. not like it's the opposite of your dry wiki. There's some yeah, personality yeah. and TOV to it, which we quite like. So yeah. when you look at John Hartson, it's hard to envisage that he was actually one of the team and not some bloke off the terrace. Mm. His physique was more akin to a pie eater's. <laughs> while his penchant for cigarettes and alcohol was well known and publicised. A complete contrast to his teammate Larson in appearance and preparation. Yet he was still taken to heart by the Celtic support as affectionately as the King of Kings himself. He was a lumbering, pugnacious player who could bully the opposition by simply his presence and size. Nothing stylistic about his methods and very much a throwback to olden days, as is that sentence. Possibly his failings are what made him a hero to many. Mm. I just, I love it. Mm. Because some players... They go north of the border and you know when they go, you hope that's going to become their defining move Mm. for whatever they've bounced around the Prem or they've come from abroad, whatever it may be. And Hartson was that, wasn't he? And similarly Sutton. Yeah. For me, he represents that genre of player that, which I really love, which you look at their technique and the way that they play and they wouldn't look out of depth in terms of that at Sunday League and the, not not the actual the the talent of which they do that with but the actual technique someone like Matt Jarvis for Wolves whose only you know only real facet to his game was being able to run quick and sort of get across into the box but because he was exceptional at that it meant that he was a Premier League player who mm. also got one cap for England and yeah. Hartson, did he get capped for England at West Ham or no Wolves, at Wolves. No, yeah. I remember Wolves. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. you got that the other thing we have you got the Wolf button yet the wolf hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, every time he mentions a wolves player, we. Play. Okay, so uh, no, no, but what, the thud of the ball against his chest is that thud of ball against chest that you hear at Hackney Marsh. I think a good chest control, James, might be my favourite thing. It's, I can't. I can't. My chest isn't big enough. I'm it's a, not barrelled enough, wide enough, thick enough. Someone like John Hartson, the thud. It sounds like vicious when it hits him, but it just drops. 
So yeah. silent. I he think likes I, snow to his feet. I think I could make oh. you a better Chester of the ball from a coaching perspective. You could make oh. me a better Chester. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that maybe. I think I could. I've, I've never spent time on it. Yeah, you've got to move. I pay good money to We have to dance with the ball, don't you? You have to dance with the ball and, you know, I've seen you dance. Yeah. I'm better at dancing with the ball than I am at dancing. You're good at dancing with the ball. Yeah, that's fair enough. My dad said that. It's his favourite thing in football. Just chest control. Yeah, because you know if you get it thing. wrong, it hurts. Yeah. But and there's a couple of different types, aren't there? There's Ronaldinho who can lee arches back oh. the whole way and the ball sticks, or there's hearts and where you can fire it in and then it. Fellaini's yeah. is kind of similar to it's like Ronaldinho. A fucking bullet, it's like actually. a bullet-proof vest. But then that goal against Liverpool, you talk about what a. It's a one-two with Larson, which is beautiful, for, you know, technique, and mm. and then he just takes it. The thing I love about that goal is Dudek is. He's going flying across a goal, but every point it's going further and further away from him into the corner. He's never going to get it. And obviously there was, you know, being Celtic and Liverpool, there was those Celtic fans in the Liverpool bit. They said they kept, he says somewhere that they kept popping up like meerkats. And, you know, but that run, unfortunately, it's a really big what if. And when I was looking again at his time at Celtic, he missed the game against Porto, the final of that run. And that's obviously when Jose Mourinho's Porto beat Celtic. And Jose Mourinho, even in the run-up, was like, I'm glad Hartson's not playing because I think yeah. it would have been, you know, and that just says, you said, you mentioned that he scored an equaliser at bloody Barcelona at the new camp as well. So, yeah. but what a, I think the, the Rangers thing for me, I, I did not know that he'd nearly gone to Rangers on the chairman's private no. jet. Well, apparently they yeah. tried to then sign him after he'd left Celtic yeah, as par- well. Yeah, he's made, oh, really? yeah. So, and it, and to go and just, but this is a measure of the man. I listened to, this is the last thing I say, the measure of the man. Afterwards, you know, they, he could have, when he scored against Rangers, which he did on a regular basis, and I think that's why the Celtic fans took him as well so much. But I think you, it's also because he looked like one of them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he could have, you know, if you score against a team that's not bought you because of a failed medical, you could, that's right for celebration and running over and mm. going. But he didn't. And I think that's just, I think he just loved the fuck, he just loved scoring and he didn't think about the bad things. He just loved scoring and, and the, every, I don't think there's, you go through his, all the clubs that he played for. He played for a lot, especially in his early years. Arsenal, Wimbledon, Coventry. Right, West brilliant Ham. spell at West Ham. West Ham. Him and Paul Kitson keeping him up. And then Everyone the season him. after that, he scored Everyone a lot of goals. Everyone likes him. Yeah. And I think what, was like a lot. A, what was he like at Arsenal? Because I'm too young to remember that. He did all right, but he um, he didn't score a lot. No. He scored a decent amount. Then Bergkamp came in. George Graham, was it? Yeah. Well, then, and then Wenger came in. Wenger sold yeah, yeah. I was about to say that the line that you just read out from the Celtic wiki about um, he looked like he was sort of off the terracing reminded me a lot of um, the way that Arsenal fans used to talk about Ian Wright and the way mm. that, like, it's in Tayo's, uh, our, our friend Tayo, who who wrote a love letter to Ian Wright on for our previous podcast, Giant. He... Um, he talks about how he looked like he'd been in the crowd with us and mm. put on a shirt and ran onto the pitch. I've only thought about it now, but with, with his big being being pale and, and red-headed, John Hartson, he sort of looks like King of the Scots, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he <laughs> does. does. Yeah. The Celt, Celtic warrior. Yeah, 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 if you imagine some yeah. gigantic <laughs> woad coming down in, in, oh. in olden days and fucking battering you with his big blunder axe. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a big Yeah, fucking, he's a caricature like... of that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. exactly how you'd imagine it. He's, you know, talking about... I, um, Go he's on. a wildling. Oh, he was pale. A wild... John Hartson's a, wild... a fucking wildling. Wild... Yeah, yeah. He fucking he, is. That is, talking about how pale he is and how he necessarily couldn't do very well with the heat, he said he's quite glad that he didn't play that game in... Uh, Against Porto in in Seville, he said, I, I, "You know, I would have, you know, I would have got sun. My eyelids would have got sunburned. It would have been so, you know, it would have been too hard for him." But it's not... it's impossible to um to mention John Hartson without doing the bingo of him volleying Al Berkovic in the head at training yeah, after yeah. Berkovic punched him in the leg. In his yeah. autobiography, Hartson said it was an error of judgment, <laughs> uh, and Berkovic said, "If my head had been the ball, it would have flown into the top corner." <laughs> and also that him and Vinnie Jones once had a fight at Wales training to see who was the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> and they Brilliant. Were, they were headbutting plant pots, but that sort of stuff's well known. But Seb asked friend of the pod, Mark Jones, Days of Speed, one of the founders of AFC Wimbledon and a, and a Wimbledon fan going back to the 80s from when they were first at Plough Lane. Uh, if he had any John Hartson stories, and I believe he does, Seb. He does, yeah, and I believe we're going to listen to it now. Hit it, Ed. John Hartson conjures up different things to different people, but for me it'd always be the, what the actual fuck, seeing Wimbledon sign John Hartson for £7.5 million in a pre web morning newspaper one morning. Uh, that deal of his coming to us was arguably the breaking of the mirror, like Roger Daltrey and Tommy signalled the madness that Wimbledon in the 2000s became. He's also the John Arnson who inspired me fully oiled 
Linia in Blackers power attain end of season will we stay up zone to declare to my mates I'm going to invade the pitch at full time pretty certain they thought I was making it up but you know like Seb's recent get it done if you never have before invitation I was a man on a mission <laughs> so Hartson had scored a goal which looked like it'd keep Wimbledon up spoiler alert uh, the whistle goes and I run down the steps like a tap dancing bear leapt over the hauldings onto someone else's pitch Sellers Park, of course. A couple of shimmies and step overs past two stewards. And then there was a third steward who did a bit of a better job, aiding abetted by his friends in Her Majesty's Constabulary. So it ended up with a night in the cells, a hangover as it unfolded, sitting there staring through bars, a court appearance where the magistrate wished me good luck in the final game of the Fucking season. Hell, all was well, apart from that staying up bit. <laughs> The fellow who dresses up as our mascot down at Wimbledon was also on the pitch that day. He got Hartson's shirt. He didn't get nicked. You know, I've got the better story. So John Hartson, not many Wimbledon goals. Probably the beginning of the end for us, but what a lad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mark Jones. I don't think we can add anything to that. Apart from, I saw there was a a note, Tom, and I was going to mention this as well, that his time at Celtic was his favourite. He has... um, You'll never walk alone tattooed on his arm. And he also said the support he received from Celtic fans yep. when he was ill was he, he felt mm. was huge. And they still sing for him now. I found some old 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 well not even that old. Their song for him was Walking in a Hearts and Wonderland. He's got nay hair, but we don't care. Walking in a Hearts and Wonderland, which is great. And then, you know, Big Bad John is the goal music. I think that's a pretty good adventure. Pretty good. It's a brilliant one. Because you're listening to this brilliant podcast. Well, we pretty much do the same thing, but in a magazine format. We've been doing it since 2014. We're up to issue 27 now, and that is our latest issue that's come out. And yeah. it's all that's called the cult issue. It's 100 pages of global football magic. It's full, full of great stuff. And the magazine comes out four times a year. Where have they got to go, Tommy? Where have they got to go if they want this? They've got to go to mondaylmag.com. Seb. That's where it Simple all is. That. Simple, Simple as that. Simple as that. You've used the internet before yeah. if you're listening. You're probably using the internet now by yeah. listening to this. So, mondayalmag.com or follow the link in the show description. We'll even put it in the show description. James still thinks there's a quiz. <laughs> I don't know what... Maybe that was Maybe that was one of the, the answers from about eight weeks ago. If only you'd have got in quicker, you'd have got more points. This is 101 things to do in football before you die. And today, Sebastian Dennis White is taking us over land and sea. Hit it, Sebby. Hit it, Sebby. Exactly. My 101 things to do in football before you die is to go and watch your team play abroad. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, not difficult everyone, for you. Not everyone gets in Europe and, and things like that. But your team, at some point in your lifetime, will go on a, on a pre season tour or a fr- whatever, friendly mid season or a, a, a January midwinter thing they will go abroad at some point in your lifetime um and just to back that up yeovil town little yeovil old yeovil town we went to latvia in 2003 which i didn't go to and i still regret missing but i did go to belgium in 2004 and germany in 2005 on the pre-season tours it's not about the matches so in belgium we were stayed in antwerp in germany we stayed in dusseldorf and got trains here there and everywhere we played the Bayer leverkusen under 18s on the pitch wow. next to the stadium. And did stuff you win? Like this. Yeah, we did win that one. We played Royal Antwerp reserves. And it's just... The games... <laughs> Can you imagine some... By Leverkusen, under 18, like starlit. Yeah. And he's got some fucking part-time painter and decorator yeah. fucking leaving leaving one on him. Yeah. It, it, Career over. Yeah. It, it was a beautiful... It was, it was just a lot of fun. And you're going to random places that you never... You know, to go and watch a team. And I was always jealous of supporters of the big clubs who could go on, on European adventures so and like I say your team will go abroad at some point and it's just you've got to do it and it's sitting in a in a town square and knowing you're going to watch your team whether it's a friendly whatever it doesn't matter on foreign soil it just feels different and it's just a lot a lot of fun it's different it's different yeah I'd, 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 I'd like to go to the beginning of the journey though so t- take yeah. us through the scene because we can all agree that you should go to yeah, away games in general, away games in another country. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But like for a Yeovil town pre-season tour, yeah, we want to know where you met, where things started off. What was what time did our men ride? Things like that. 
Ah, uh, right, yeah. Oh, God. Early doors at the airport. Flying over to bloody... Well, Dusseldorf, yeah. We flew to Dusseldorf. From where? From Gatwick. All oh, right. You, yeah, you, yeah. But a few people came from Bristol because they were they were from Yeovil. This is what I want to know. Yeah, Where, yeah. Were you in London at the time? I was in London, yeah, you yeah. You snuck a couple in yeah, at the yeah. airport. No, no, sorry. I, I was in Manchester at the time. Was it uni? Said huh? You yeah. snuck a couple in at the airport, I'd imagine. I snuck a couple. We snuck oh, a couple yeah. in at the airport. And, of course, you get those... You know, you get that early glow, don't you, about 11 o'clock when you've had, like, four pints and you feel... Just to have an early glow and stupid, and you're in you're in another country, and you're like, shit, how am I going to get to this random? You feel like there's no game? consequences to it. Yeah, yeah, it, like, it you can was do what you want. It was just a lot, a lot of fun, and we all stayed in the same hotel. We sh- back then because we, we weren't, um, we didn't have loads of job, you know, didn't have jobs. We were mostly students. None we of were, that Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, there wasn't. No, there wouldn't have been. We were like in some six do- six bed hotel room and flag out. You know, you hang your flag. Imagine out. the smell in there. Oh, hang the flag no. out the hotel room. You know, oh. it really does feel like wouldn't light a match, would you? Oh god, no, <laughs> no. But just it's a lot, lot of fun. And and again, we go back. We just heard from Mark Jones there. He went and saw Wimbledon play Monza once in a random, wow. random game. James Wright wrote a brilliant piece on the Ibiza Cup watching QPR, didn't he? And stuff like that. And they still, they still produce, exactly. they still produce stickers saying I, Ibiza Cup winners 2012. Yeah. <laughs> so you've just got to take the opportunity and just do it because it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I'm talking about this and I remember all the different stories of singing, you know, karaoke in Antwerp with Gary Johnson one night. and in the then jo- manager. Then ma- the manager of Yeovil Town because he was like, what the hell are you lot doing here joking? And then, you know, buying us all a drink and stuff like this. It, were you non-league? Uh, you were non-league. We were non-league for the first one and then the second one we were league league, league team. But people, you know, random like Feyenoord fans turning up at Royal Antwerp swapping scarves and shit like that. They were like, because they knew of Yeovil because of the FA Cup. And, and then decapitating like one of you. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they <laughs> were, they were lovely. The no, no, no. No, don't get me wrong. There, you know, there were a couple of moments where it's like Inks this got... one has three arms. Well, I, 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 I basically <laughs> this one has. I basically <laughs> financed the whole trips by taking Yeovil badges and selling them to locals. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, around Europe. Yeah, essentially, I, that financed most of my trip by taking a hundred Yeovil badges. Did you produce selling... these badges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing the fanzine onto Victory at the time, so it was onto Victory in a square badge with a green cross and YTFC in the corner and I I would just go around selling them to like mad edge so you were selling onto victory badges in Germany yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what was the markup I think it was like (laughs) on your badges 150 quid for 100 and I would sell them for like 3 euros you weren't pretending that the money was going to charity were you no, God, no, no, no. Didn't have one of those no, little, no, no. little clipboard. No, no, no. It was like a little board and I was just going around. People, I sold them all. Always sold them. Great. You know, it was great. And That's brilliant. There was even one guy that came with us, Tim, who who collects Yeovil badges. He was getting fixture badges made up as well. So he was he was selling them as well. And it was just like, it's just, a, I, it, I, it's so much fun. You know, when you, when you mentioned Gary Johnson, it reminded me of going away with West and all the players and like, you do Isle of Man. Is that Westage Brinchall? Westage Brinchall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Westage Brinchall, I see a... Eighth, seventh, four eighth tier football team Manchester. <laughs> Isle of Man's abroad though, overland and sea, isn't it? Isle of Man, fucking West. The players and the manager, like we'd all get the coach together. Like yeah. you get to know each other, and then when you progress through leagues together and do, yeah. you know, you're all as one, like proper team and fans. Like you yeah, know. it's a good, it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing, and you might not at you know, the time when it happens, you might not have enough money, you might not have enough days off at work or something like that. But if you haven't done it, I really would recommend it because you, you will remember it forever. Do you think it was? better because there was only a small group of you and you weren't like yeah, yeah. taking over whole squads oh, yeah. before games and that sort of stuff. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. And I've been away with England a couple of times and I couple. I don't I don't like it because it just feels a bit too on top for various reasons. Um and you do yeah, it feels a bit yeah, it just feels on top, I think that's the best way of describing it. They do sing all your favourite songs though. No. <laughs> <laughs> instead, in, instead of going away with England, but who, yes, who are good. who are physically aggressive, you yeah. went away with Yeovil and spread your ideas through the means of badges. Yeah, 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 exactly. Onto, onto victory, victory in Germany. <laughs> no, it was. Can it, you get cider in Germany, or could you then? Twenty years oh, ago. God, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I didn't think we. A couple of the lads must have been fucked well, about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple juice in the Lager. morning. Lager. Apple juice in the morning. I don't drink that, pet. Well, it was... No, it, the beer's really good over here. It's like, it's like it's only got two ingredients. Oh, yeah. Belgian beer. Garni apples. Yeah. It reminds me of the Yerevan 48, which is when we, uh, Wolves were in the Europa League and we played 
um, in Armenia, and there were 48 fans who made the trip, one of whom was <laughs> Steve Bishop, um, who hadn't missed a single game since 1976. Fucking His hell. plane was delayed, and he managed to get into the ground with 18 minutes left. That counts. Whoa. Counts, doesn't it? Counts. Counts. Didn't miss it. Didn't miss, he's not missed any game. Yeah, Every game since, since 1976. 1976. Yeah, yeah, that Steve, is Steve incredible. Bishop. He hasn't missed a Wolves game since 1976. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What part, else does he do? Part of the Yerevan 48. They were uh, Nuno and Connor Cody. Every single game. Does that include pre-season friendlies? I, I don't know. No, so but still. I don't know the answer to that. Go abroad to watch your team or go abroad and do a bit of a, bit of a pilgrimage can, and, and exactly. watch some random football. You'll learn a lot about yeah. places if you go to lower league football in these places. That's a good point. Very true. That's a very good point. Very true. You'll learn more yeah. about the people than just going to a big ground. And, yeah. You know. And they'll love you being there. That's one of the things. Everywhere and stuff like that. They love you being, taking the time to come over. And English... Obviously, it's got connotations, England fans to a certain extent, but also the home of football and history boys. And the only way to finish that would be to say, on a victory! <laughs> on a victory! <laughs> when you subscribe to the magazine, you also become a member of Club Mundial, which is great, and you get access to exclusive events, hopefully in the very near future, maybe a, a live podcast, Tommy. Oh, a, a live podcast yes, would please. be lovely. If you join Club Mundial... You get discount codes. Do you? No, Mundial merch. Oh. You get exclusive access to subscriber-only merchandise and priority access to merchandise as well. Great. Everything we do, you get the first dibs, shall we say. And you also get a weekly Club Mundial newsletter, which is an extension of our already very good newsletter. If you would like to join Club Mundial, and why wouldn't you after I've told you all those amazing things, go to mundialmag.com. Not only do you get a great magazine, you get all sorts of other things and it's well, well worth supporting. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mascots of the world. United Takeover. You've got the worst one. What? <laughs> no. Wait, we harmonised quite nicely. I, thought, yeah, I yeah, bumped yeah. into... Why, Je- can't, why can't it just be a nice group thing, that? Why can't it just... Oh, that was nice, lads. Instead, it's... You've got the worst. Because your uncle, Paul Lord, who I met recently, what who said... Who's, who, <laughs> hello, <laughs> what about hello, hello, Paul. Paul said... There was a thing you said recently, Owen, and I don't think many people heard it. But when James had sang, you just went, cheers, Kermit. <laughs> you moved on to the next thing. And he said, he does sound like Kermit. I've told him that before. And, and That's Paul, brilliant. Paul was very much I on my it. side when it comes to your singing voice. So thank you, Paul. I know you listen and you share and you like and you comment. So thanks for that. It's very oh, nice to meet you. And I will see you again soon. Very um, I'm coming around for Christmas. <laughs> Ooh. Imagine just you there, not me. <laughs> All right, Paul. How you doing? What turkey and beef? Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Pint, Come and sit like, down. Pint of gravy. Come and sit down. Yeah, yeah. No, James. No, I, I don't know. Don't know where he is. <laughs> pretending to be Italian Not again. I told him he's coming. Pretending to be Italian. Come on. Mascots of the world. James Bird. All right, for this week's mascots of the world, we are going to Portland Timbers. You've been oh, desperate to do. I, yeah, I, I yeah, can't yeah. believe you've not done this before. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Wow. (laughs) So we are going to the chainsaw-wielding Timber Joey. Timber Joey. Timbers. Now, I'm going to read a quote of his to kick this off which 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 I, which I found watching some old interviews with him actually from about about 10 years ago and he just goes everybody's got their own thing 
It just happens mine is to run around with a chainsaw. <laughs> what was this on? Letterman? Leno? That's really just good. Just a dodgy YouTube video. Everyone's anyway, got their thing. Portland Timbers, their mascot, since the 1970s, since they were in the NASL, the North American Soccer League, has been an authentic lumberjack. So oh, it was originally Timber Jim. And he was the he was the lumberjack for about 12 years. In 2008, Timber Joey took over. The tradition of, of this mascot is that every time Portland score a goal, they're at the front of the crowd the whole game with the chainsaw, with the hat on, and they've got a gigantic tree trunk at the front, at the front of the fans. And now every time Portland score, they get the chainsaw going, saw off a piece of the log, and then at the end of the game, they present the goal scorer with this chunk of the tree trunk. Superb. Now, that's imagine brilliant. if you were a 50-goal season striker. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing with all that I didn't wood? know that bit. I knew Build that there was a chainsaw. I didn't yeah, know what yeah, they yeah. did. That is superb. And Some bloke would just... <laughs> what are you going to do with that? And so a little bit of further information <laughs> about Timber, Timber Joey or, or Joey Webber, because he's got storied history of... Uh, of lumberjacking, really. Does he? Yeah. He was um, raised in a timber town, Philomath. Oh. Uh, he went to a school of forestry. School of forestry? Um, since he was a kid, <laughs> he has been in timber competitions, which include, and I'm going to read these out so that I don't mess any of it up, pole climbing, jack double booking, fire hose relays, axe throwing, log rolling, and hot saw hot operation. Hot saw operation. Funnily enough, that sounds exactly what Tommy was doing in Axe. <laughs> <laughs> He was also Timber Joey was also a competitive rugby player. He was a competitive rugby player growing up. Um and he also clear a rock, wouldn't he? He also he also competed as a bareback bronco rider. Um another Amsterdam and and competed competed professionally in that between 1996 and 2000. So to be to become the Timberman of Portland Timbers, you've got to have you know gonna... you've got to have a good CV. But what I pedigree. like a good pedigree, a good CV, however you want to put it. But what I like most about this is that from a UK and sort of Europe point of view, this might all sound very silly. We often look at American sport fandoms, particularly American soccer fandom, and we take the piss a little bit. The whole sort of fight and win mm -hmm. thing, uh, you know. The I don't. I'm a bit. I'm. I'm a big fan the, of, of MLS fandom, and I will say it to anyone who's listening. Have you seen Soccer Moses at Nashville? Oh, we interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. Soccer Moses. Do you remember? So is it soccer. I do remember. Yeah, we interviewed him for the newsletter. I do remember. Go on, tell us more. At half time. <laughs> Half time, he whips out his axe. Like... Whips out his axe, and by axe, I mean electric guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Plays a crazy, crazy riff, and then holds up a banner that says "Let my people go." <laughs> That's yes. fucking brilliant. So I love that. I this love might, this that. might all sound very silly, but for me, what it represents is a less disillusioned and more optimistic fandom, 100%. and I quite like that because. Especially the Premier League. The pressure in the Premier League now is so high, you know, that it turns into people booing their own players. It turns into uh, people fucking bullying the ref. It turns mm. into whatever. Just to have these little silly things that are sort of representative. They're still representative of where you're from. So for Portland Timbers, you've got an yeah. actual real lumberjack who's been doing this since the 1970s. Great. For Nashville, you've got a guitar player, guitar slaying <laughs> man dressed as Moses. And I really like this. I do. The thing is, isn't it, that there's problematic parts of... of of European support. Yes. And people who live, who get their whole identity through a football club in the UK, there can often, not always, and I'm not having to go at everyone, but there can often be a bit of a, a nefarious side to that and it's like being the loudest or cunting off the players or whatever. And I'm talking about the mass here. There's loads of good people who go to football all around. Yeah, of course. And we meet them and we know them, but there's always a contingent, whether it's bigger or smaller, that bring, you know, that make it a misery. Yeah. We all see them. We all fucking see them. We all listen to them. We all yeah, sit yeah, near them and hear the shit they fucking spout and think, "I wish I didn't support the same club as you." Every right? other week. But the, well, exactly. But the but the US, it's it's there's a less cynicism for a start because they don't think they know everything. But also, a lot of those clubs are a majority of the fan base are made up of immigrant communities yeah. or mm. local communities or whatever. But they the identity is quite pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about a celebration of things rather than it all being about cunting off the yeah. ref or whatever else. Yeah. 
Exactly that. Which, I just like right. it, but I, I mean, I don't, and I often feel when I'm talking about it, I'm not talking about it with damning praise. I've been to a lot of MLS games now. We, we've been to the US a few we've times been lucky jobs, to. and yeah, and I've yeah. been been to quite a few. I've been Aren't to we? Austin, um, LA. I've been to LAFC as well. Been to games in New York, and I've been on holiday. And look, the football on the pitch isn't always amazing, but the fan culture is something you can get behind. It's, it's easy to that. sneer at it. We were when we sat with the Barra Brava at, um, at Washington DC. I had a fucking great time. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, yes, I agree. I agree. It is drums so... going and stuff like that, and it's not for everyone, but it's it's. It's sustainable, and you can you can grow from there. It's and it's different. And I'm not going to like slag off English football. I've grown up loving it and, yeah, and watching and still it do. And, and being part of it. And, and yeah, love the the way the the one thing I love about English football is that the the crowd only moves in England to the rhythm of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas abroad, yes. yes. If you go to, we went to PSV Eindhoven. Point. We went to watch PSV Eindhoven play, and they banged a drum for ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah. and Seb were sat up in the press box, and you. You could have closed your eyes and not had a clue what was going on in yeah. the game. English ground, close your eyes, you know exactly what's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by the movement, fans were the same. The it's movement it's, and the rhythm. It's the same anywhere in Europe that has a sort of ultras group with a capo. You follow you follow the capo. You've, and it's amazing to be part of as a sort of neutral because you're not really that bothered about what's going on in the game. So to be around that constant noise and that's brilliant. But you're right. If you if you listen, it's a more symbiotic relationship between pitch and fan. In yeah. I think in 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 the English game for good and bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it, well, it's, it's why it's why the very best radio commentators they know when to be quiet because they know exactly. that you can hear what's happening Absolutely. on the pitch Absolutely. by the way that the crowd yeah, are reacting to it. So back to Timber Joey, we we have to go. To yeah. Portland, yeah, oh, yeah really do. We have to go to please. Portland and Seattle and, and watch a game up. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Seattle anyway. Ian, Ian Parkman, if you're listening. <coughs> Ian Parkman, shout we've out. Got, we've got, a, a, um, we've got a, an invitation. Yeah. Ian Parkman brought some students over from Portland last year and came in and, and me and James did a talk for them and just after having a blazing row. Uh, and then, and then, <laughs> on a bo- boiling hot August <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, and then took them to the pub afterwards. Where, so it was, but it was interesting. But they were, Ian was very nice as a Mundial fan. Uh, the students were all great. But he said, if we go over there, he'll, he'll look after us. I'd love to go. Please. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I've wanted to go to Portland for a long time anyway. And I want to get out into some of them trails and forests. Oh, it'd be there. great, wouldn't it? I guess there's only one more thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you want even better and even bigger sneak peek behind the curtain something else just that one thing that might push you over the edge to subscribe why don't you just subscribe to what to be fair and i can't call it any other word than this the gateway drug that is the weekly newsletter in that we put all sorts of mad things things that we've watched things that we wear things that we've listened to all sorts all sorts in that discounts recommendations random references random oh random references look we know your inboxes are full of emails these days sneaking another one in there the weekly mundial newsletter isn't the worst thing in the world it will give you a great insight and more of an insight into what we do at mundial and hopefully hopefully it will push you towards subscribing to our magazine to get the full Mundial experience. Mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description. We'll even put it in the show description. You're ins, you're outs. This is where we talk about what we like, what we don't like. James Bird is on a ban this week. Boo! <laughs> nice to see your own podcast friends booing you. So he has a one-match ban for just talking about water in episode 24. <laughs> so, James, this week, you can judge oh, whether they're in or out. Oh, there you are. That's nice. You can't do any bans. No. You do oh. not have the big stick, no. Yeah, but you can just decide if they're in or out. So who would you like to start with? I'd like to start with Owen Blackhurst. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, a list of the Plymouth Argyle Football Club limited fines popped up on one of my social media accounts. Amen. And they're all fairly, um, as you expect. But then I started to think of you lot. <laughs> Ball over fence. Yeah. <laughs> 10 quid. James, James is emptying his pockets already. <laughs> Ball over fence, 10 quid. Um, incorrect dress code, £20 per <laughs> item. Tommy Stewart. Yeah, I'll take it. If that's my role, I'll take it. <laughs> and then, ah, oh, nutmegs in boxes the day before the game. You would be rinsed. Ah, oh, rinsed. And then just, ah. Oh, boxes is basically, egg. boxes is basically rondos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I just thought it was nice. No show on Christmas do or team night out, 250 quid. Good. But what I'm leading up to in here is, 
who's going to manage the reminding you why you love football finds list? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, okay. I um, I can't imagine it's going to be anyone but you. <laughs> I don't like organizing. Doing... He can I don't set like... the rules. I uh, think yeah. I'd be. I don't like doing sides. One of us can take well, it. Yeah. I've done it at cricket. It's a pain in the arse. I mean, the Hampton players take it so seriously. It's good. Fine. It, yeah, and they have a they have a thing where you spin the wheel every fines night, where you spin the wheel and you can choose whether you just pay the fine or take your chance. And on the wheel, it's like triple the fine, Ooh. double the fine. You get let. Well, off. let's find a time period and do some yeah. fines, and then we'll give all the money to um, Carmel. Or something like that. Let's Charity. do that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Fines are in. In. Yeah. Fines in. Thank Ding. Uh, Seb White. I went to the theatre recently, and yep. of course I went to the theatre because the play was centred around football. Oh, it was called yeah. Dear England, and it's all about Gareth Southgate. Uh, this is the one you didn't invite me and Birdo to. Correct. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Dear England. It's all about Gareth Southgate's tenure as the England manager. Joseph Fines, isn't it? Joseph Fines plays him. It is. Brilliant. Fines. Not Joseph, Joseph Fines. Fines. Oh, very good. That's what we should call him. Life, Joseph Fines. Life. That's our list. The Joseph Fines list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Look yeah. at that lightning in a fucking bottle. There you are. Well, <laughs> life finds a way. Like, yeah. And it was not, it was, I obviously know the story and I'm well aware of the story and I was there for various moments in the story, whether the semi final in Moscow, whether it was the final in Wembley. But it is brilliant. It absolutely, genuinely wowed me from a visual perspective. I have to say. Wow. Like pro- Baz Bamig, the boy. The produ- you, the, the old Daily Mail film the produ- reviewer. <laughs> the production was incredible. Joseph Fiennes as Gareth Southgate is unnervingly brilliant. Wow. He's More so like good Gareth at- Southgate than Gareth Oh, Southgate. my God. It's brilliant. But So what I would say is, if you don't normally go to theatre, which I don't, please, if you can, go and see Dear England in London because it is excellent and, it's, and you will have a lot of fun and it's brilliantly done. In. Tommy. <laughs> My in this week is Cafe Royal Books, which I think, I believe, other than Seb's, yours was made by Lower Block, but I recently got all of you guys one just because I saw ones that suited your interests or personalities. But... Um, in my hands here. It was very kind of you, Tommy. That was. It was I very kind. Of you. That I've got a Wu Tang. Respond. That's right. Uh, Wu Tang Clan one. He was. Post- no, <laughs> He's not going to buy you anything. <laughs> a Wu Tang Clan one and a post punk one, and uh, um, they're just really lovely pictures. They're done by journalists who were sort of around at that time. So the Wu Tang one, Craig Atkinson. So he he was when they first came to England. He was like following the Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. basically. And all the pictures are just Wu-Tang Clan in London. Amazing. So that's a great addition. They're great for a present. They sell it in all the independent sort of bookstores in Good Manchester, point. I'm sure Small they Small press photo books that encapsulate moments in time in. Lovely. Nice. And now to the outs, everybody. And now to the outs. James Bird is banned. What a cunt. They suggested <laughs> in Water in episode 24. Um, Owen. The old juices. Oh, yeah. What kind of juices are we mm. talking? And th- this is your fault. So oh. so James keeps oh. trying to get me of course. To, go and, to, to go and play in a work football game on a Tuesday night. And I do, yeah. You'd enjoy it. I know I would, but I do keep telling him, like, non-stop, that I can't really play. If it's a, if it's a high standard, which I believe it is, I'll kill myself to make sure I, I show up well, which yeah. I still believe I'll be able to, but then I think I'll suffer. Mm. For mentally and physically for the next few weeks because of the injury, but the like old Ledley King, yeah, yeah, the old juices <gasps> are the bit of me going, I oh, just fucking play. God. Uh, oh God. my God! But you want them out? Yeah, I don't because I don't want. I need to get. Yeah. I don't want my last game to be my last game. But I don't think just coming into a work game on a Tuesday night, where by the sounds of it, you know, there's a few characters you like to put it about. So I could end up developing. Um, mm. An enemy as well, and it could be some, <laughs> some, some ultra violence. Yeah, and I, I just I think I, you should put that in out. The old juices um, aren't going out because selfishly, I'm the judge here, and I would like you to play football with me again at some point. <laughs> Seb, you're out. McCoy's Chip Shop Curry Sauce Multi Pack. This is disgusting. I've already this, heard this. Story. And this is and why is it out? You say because they sound delicious, and they are delicious. <laughs> they are, oh, they're so nice. I'm putting them out because I bought a multi pack of six yesterday and demolished them within th- half an hour I felt brilliant for half an hour the next half an hour thinking they were so nice they were so good then I've regretted it ever since yeah. and that's why I want to put them out then one of your feet fell off yeah <laughs> six packs of McCoys and what did you have them with for your lunch Seb and that, that was in bet- and then a pot noodle as well uh, yeah 
not a Bombay bad boy. I know people people think I'm not a Bombay, Bombay bad boy, man. I'm more your chicken mushroom, to be fair. I am. Are you oh, beef and tomato? You're, you're classic. So you had a chicken and mushroom pot noodle yeah. and six packs of McCoy's curry sauce. Yeah, yeah. Imagine and, what that was. Yeah. Imagine what was going on I'll in, be honest, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I've rude. Yeah, That's yeah. uni, that is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, That's yeah, a uni is, yeah. dinner. It is a uni dinner. Yeah. And it comes no surprise that I've been on my own all week and that's the sort of thing I'm eating. <laughs> so please put them out so I don't do it again. They're out, Seb. Thank you. They're bloody out. Um, Tommy. Ooh. Spots on your face as an adult. Spots uh, on your face. My face. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Spots on my face as an adult, especially when you're single. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Because I woke up... Are you single? I'm single, oh, yeah. I should have said <laughs> His DMs are open. See, I'm channeling Blackhurst here. Just care. You really are. Channeling Blackhurst. Well, it's I'll quite... be honest. If you're channeling me, he, he'd be on a ban for mentioning spots. Why? Let, let, let him let him make his point. Be a fisher for comments. I'm, 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 I'm the judge. No. <laughs> I'm the judge. I'm the judge yeah. today. Let, <laughs> there you are. See. No. Oh, so, is this for the DMers? No, it's yeah. not really. I had a couple of dates uh, arranged recently, and uh, just. You know, felt I've not had a spot in ages since I stopped Sorry. drinking, really, and just it's a bit. It's Did not you a change your diet in some way? No, I think it's just you know my shit sleeping pattern and all all that. You know, getting spots as an adult it, it can be frustrating, but I don't think it should deter Fine. from anyone's natural beauty. I get so so know, actually, I, I, just just because of that, actually, they're going to stay in <laughs> because they're a natural occurrence. Yeah. You like shouldn't that. you shouldn't worry too much if you have spots. All right, Catelyn Moran, fucking get <laughs> <on> that. <laughs> That's a lovely aunt. Thank you, Jay. She's from Wolverhampton, isn't she? That made yeah, me feel she is. is she? Yeah. Cheers, everyone. That was in the nights this week. And this uh, on, <laughs> um yeah. You did okay. You needed a bit of you needed a bit of moving on. But you know what? Well, you got into it. You got into it. You warm you warmed to it. That's yeah, the first yeah, yeah. time you, it was Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. We have still we're still punting out. Issues of Mundial, the cult issue. If you haven't bought one by now, please do. Uh, it's be a perfect little Christmas present for someone or for yourself. Read it on the train. You don't need Wi-Fi. You don't need to scroll. You just open those pages and disappear into a world, much like listening to this, but you actually have to read. So <laughs> get your peepers out. Treat your peepers, as they might say in Yeovil. Yeah. When the new cow comes into the field. Yeah. <laughs> Treat your peepers. We got a new heifer in field three. <laughs> Lovely udders. <laughs> this has been reminding you why I love football. <laughs> we always enjoy doing them. We're coming. So good. Yeah, it's flown by the last six months. Oh, can't yeah. Six months. Hey? Can't. You can't believe a lot of stuff they said. Normally just run of the mill stuff. I'd, anyway. say, I'd say we're coming through hot. I'd say that was a good episode. That was very good. Oh, it's fantastic. But yeah. you would. You're not reviewing and listening, are you? And critiquing. You you think everything you do is good. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. If this was your first episode, we hope you enjoyed it and you've got this far done. Forget it. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers. Love you. Bye. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.